0: Okay. Here's a question. I want to know why you chose that user, Captain
1: Deadpool. Um, Obviously, obviously I'm a huge fan of uh, Deadpool, and uh, in in the movie, he was like he suggested using Captain Deadpool or Captain Deadpool. I just came up like the finals like Deadpool. And I was like, and I, I tried to use Dadpool at first, but of course that was taken. So I was like, Captain Dadpool. Uh, and even that was taken on TikTok. So I put an 86 on there, but it was not taken on Twitter, which surprised me. So it, I'm just Captain Dadpool on Twitter.
0: Oh, I think a couple of videos back on uh, TikTok, you were talking about the Princess Diaries. Yeah. I watched it for the first time last really? night. Really? What were your thoughts? At yeah. first. At first, at first, I was like, I don't see why everybody's saying this is so funny. Until that big old rat thing, they started fighting right there. And then from that moment on, I was like, I could could not stop laughing at that scene because it was just so funny.
1: For me, that was was a movie I grew up with. I've been watching that since I was really young. So it has a lot of nostalgia attached to it. Uh, for me, so like if you're watching it for the first time when you're older, it might not, it may not have the same effect as it does for me now. Um, yeah, that was my older favorites.
0: Yeah, I'm, yeah. I I missed I missed a lot of um, movies growing yeah, up. I didn't see so now I'm playing catch up. Same, same.
1: <laughs> and, and it's a weird.
0: Like, I think me and you're the same age, right?
1: Similar, yeah. You're born '86, yeah, and, and yeah. you got kids, right? So. Yeah you're dealing with the same struggle that I am Is like, okay, I got all these kids and I need to like culture them. I, I, I need to introduce them to like, how do I do that? They need to watch all the Indiana Joneses. They need to watch all the Star Wars. They need to watch like all the shit that we grew up with. And, and I'm not sure how to go about doing that.
0: Because <laughs> uh, um, I have uh, older kids? Um, What? Five,
1: eight, five, four, or four, five, eight, and no, three, four,
0: five, and eight. Sorry. Final answer: three, four, five, <laughs> and eight. Man, um, that that's that's a that's a lot. Mine is just um three and five, yeah. and that's it, and it's done. I don't see how you have four. I, had, <laughs> I applaud I, you. I, I have applaud you. I two
1: on purpose. The third one was an accident. Okay. And then I got divorced and <laughs> inherited a fourth in the form of a stepson. So I was like, oh wow, I only wanted okay. two kids, but my 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 girlfriend, soon to be wife, she didn't want any kids at all, and now she has four. And
0: so <laughs> yeah, you stay at home, you stay at home dad. I'm I'm like a, I'm a stay at home oh, yeah? dad. Yeah. Pretty much me and my wife are stay at home parents, is what okay. we call it. Because <laughs> we're both here, you know. Because we always, uh, you know, that's how I end up here going to church every Sunday. <laughs> because right when I was planning to make a move from Texas to California, COVID hit. Wow. So I said, ugh. And then I just got didn't want to move around during the height of it, so i just been kind of just sitting in one spot, like, I can't take this family around like no. this. oh But, you know, church is great. You know, just having a blessed day.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, the, the Pandora, or the panoramic is, is how I became a stay-at-home dad. We were both working originally and had the kids in daycare, uh, and then when, when the Pandora hit, uh, daycare shut down. We were like, One of us needs to stay home, Uh, and and she has a lot of anxiety issues, and I'm I'm much more equipped to handle that. So I was like, I will I will quit my job, even though I really enjoy the job and really miss it. I was like, I will quit. You keep doing what you're doing. I'll support you, uh, and I'll stay out with the kids. So that's how that happened. But yeah, we were both working at the same job. Um,
0: Yeah, we yeah we um. It's been interesting, you know. We end up having first was like we're never gonna homeschool, and then we got yeah. forced into homeschooling, and then it's like then I'm like, eh. it's like okay, I get to influence my kids a whole lot, ease a whole lot, a whole lot better, yeah, than if they went to school and been around other people. And I know that sounds kind of cultish, but <laughs> but you know yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean though, because when they go.
1: Yeah, they, they go to, they go to public schools and they're, they're, in, I actually have some books on my shelf about that, how, um, their, their social settings actually raise them more than we do. Um, because they go to school and they're exposed to so many different ideologies and, and schools of thought and teachings and all that. Um, and, and we have much less influence over their worldview than we think we do. So, um, so yeah, it's interesting and, and kind of comforting that I can mold their brain into what I wanted now. You know, which is, yeah, it's scary to think for the same time. Like, my opinions right. Everyone else is wrong. Job.
0: I know. Sometimes I hear the, um. sometimes I tell them something and I have to get like really stern and I, and I, and it'll echo in myself, in my head, hearing myself and I'm like, I can't believe that's yep. you. This is what you, this is what, no. this has become of you. <laughs> and it's, no. you know, and then, like I like I, I made that post on TikTok about you know fighting indoctrination, yeah. and that's the one thing that eh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's just that I hate that I have to talk about certain subjects before I'm ready to talk yeah, to them about yeah. it because they'll just talk about it like death. I was like, oh, so you talked to there about mm-hmm. it already? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I had to, so I had to explain death to her. And she knows she's she's okay with death deaf now. Yeah. You know. I appreciate you talking about those
1: Jeez. things too. Like not a not a lot of people do talk about that. Um I, my kids have not really asked me about God or hell or anything yet. Um, even though my oldest one is eight years old or just earned eight today, which is his birthday happy birthday with. Him. Um but he has asked me questions in relation to like uh my divorce and custody because um me and my ex-wife have only been separated for two years. So he was six or five ish six when since last he saw her. So he asked me, like, why daddy, why can't I see mommy anymore? And I'm like, Oh god, I'm like I, I can't tell him the truth mm. because I don't want to talk bad about her. And I'm like okay. so those are the questions and those things yeah. come up every now and then. And and one day he was like because she still does she does regular phone calls with them and he asked me that question again one day and he was like okay daddy you're telling me this one thing and mommy is telling me this other thing that's different one of you is lying and one of you is telling the truth uh one one day i'll figure out which one of you is telling the truth i'm like oh my god just just what what is going on in your head right now like i'm the one telling the truth i hate to tell you yeah. but the fact that he's struggling with this. Um yeah, that's that that's some stuff that doesn't yeah, like recall when I right was often, uh
0: as a variant. Very- when my daughter she had she had um she had surgery just recently. Um and, and then I, it turns out her grandma was telling her like telling her like try to get her yeah. to pray with her before the surgery and, and telling and asking her about god my daughter said but i don't see him and then she said you know the wind outside and he's right there in your heart so anytime i hear anytime i hear get word of that i tell my wife send her up to me i gotta talk to her because <laughs> i and then she always feels like she's done something wrong and that's not she hasn't done anything wrong but she feels like she done done something wrong because I'll try to explain to her. I said, like, I know that she, I know that's your grandmother. She has these things she believes, but uh, <laughs> don't talk to. And so she gets all frustrated and and nervous. And I was like, ah, oh, if they could just not, if they could just avoid that, <laughs> if you could just, 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 just worry about, um, just worry about enjoying her instead of indoctrinating her into whatever it is to believe. Cause I think, like I say, like you're not giving her the option to figure out what yeah. you want to be in terms of life, and because I notice a lot of people who do this thing, they do it a lot. I call it, I don't know if you come anywhere, Um, the illusion of choice. Like I have, because uh, I have, I have two girls and my whole thing about when we went to shop for toys is I take them through every aisle, even the designated boy aisles. Even if they don't get anything from there, I take them through all the aisles so they have a choice to decide. But like grandparents, when they their idea of choice is, oh, I'm only gonna take you through the girl aisles, and you think you have choice, but you only limit it to those girl things to choose from, without the option of the other things yeah so that's it's, interesting,
1: to it's interesting you say that like literally just today and then i, I battled with this too like I, I made a tiktok today where i took my kid my oldest to target um and he, and he was going through the aisles looking he was like you can pick a small kid. like we had a bunch of presents for him already and i was like you can pick there's one you can pick um and so he went through a few and then um, and i didn't make this on put this on video but behind the scenes, he was like. Like, he would go through aisle to aisle to aisle, and I was like, okay, this is the aisle where all the girls' toys are. You, you don't want to walk down there. Let's, let's skip a few aisles. And And then I had this, like, moment. I was like, wait, wh- why am I telling him this is the girls' aisle? Should I have let him go through that? And, like, so, so what the fuck if he wants to pick a Barbie doll for his birthday? But at the same time, I know that he is super into Minecraft, and I knew the Minecraft toys were, like, a few hours. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'm dealing with that. Yeah, you know,
0: like, 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 well, uh, now, like my 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 daughter's about to be about to be six, and now she she knows kind of where she wants to go. So I, it's no, she goes directly to the yeah. <laughs> what well, they designate the girl out, but that's just what she likes. And I don't, I don't want to say no, no. You need, I need you to be in everything. I'm saying no, you yeah. can go, you can go and um just um. Like, I'm Enjoy.
1: wondering if I should I shouldn't have been like, oh, you don't want to go down this aisle. I should have been like, no, go down the aisle.
0: Sure, go for it. See, see if there's anything you like. They're yeah. not going to. But but they're probably going to. But they're going to be probably mollering after you anyway. Yeah. So they're not. If you don't. If you're not buying yeah. anything. like, <laughs> They're not, not going to really think about it as probably as in terms of nothing negative. You know what I mean? As long as you yeah. don't talk about it like, oh, that's a negative thing to want to be interested in it and it don't, then it don't matter if you just don't do it because you just don't do it. They just model yeah. you. Uh,
1: let me tell you something about that too. My, my stepson like goes out of his way to emulate me far more than my biological kids do. Like he, he wants to buy, like I'm, I'm a handyman. I make things, I have a shop, I make things and he wants all the tools like the toys that are tools because he wants to be like me. My biological kids—they don't—they don't give a shit. Like they want—they—they they want what they want. <laughs> They're not trying to emulate me in any way. My stepson is very much. Um, so that's another weird thing. I'm like, what what's happening here? Is there is there something I need to address? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Where's the rule book? Yeah, you, know, you know, Tyler. Where, where's the rule book that that, I, that I'm supposed to be reading to figure oh, this man, shit out?
0: Um. <laughs> um... The rule book was when I was young, and I think back to my mom being around this age with me, and I thought she had everything together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I'm thinking about like, was she at 35 thinking like this? <laughs> like, mm, now you're.
1: Right. I have no clue what are, I'm are doing. Are our kids gonna grow up and be like, wow, my parents were fucking stupid? They had no idea what they were talking about. You know, oh. like, am I am I being wrong right now in the way I'm raising them? Are they gonna see the way I'm
0: raising them if wrong when they get older? But they get, but they're gonna get a better glimpse at their parents than we did. Because we're yeah, online, you can see every mistake, every, every us at every pretty much stage. Oh, that's what he's like at 35. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Because like, I don't know what my mom's like. Yeah. <laughs> looks like prior to me i don't know point. who she was yeah <laughs> i couldn't even look at nothing to see what she looks like but my kids can go on and just look at this podcast and mm-hmm. say there he is
1: yeah <laughs> I like that. that's why i like I, I try to be careful like there's a lot that went on with my my divorce and custody battle and i don't talk about those things because I'm afraid that one day they're gonna see like, Oh, dad was talking bad about mom. Like even though she deserves it. You know. Still I don't want them to be like, Oh dad you know. Um so yeah, I, I make an I make an effort not to say certain things.
0: I know. I, I had to scrub the internet of past yeah. me. And that is a task. <laughs> that is a task. <laughs> That's a- Cause, 'Cause we didn't get that we didn't get the full warning that it was gonna be forever. Cause when we came cause like remember like two thousand four, two thousand five, yeah. the internet started picking up a little bit and we just jumped in and then then when we got when we got knee deep in it, they said hey, it's yep. forever.
1: And everything
0: <laughs> we had already ran through all the terrible things you're oh, not supposed yeah. to go
1: through. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, by the way, none this is all permanent. Everything you've done been doing for the past <laughs> two years. Is on the internet forever. Like, oh,
0: God. I tell people, no, I don't want to meet internet me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that guy is young internet me come crawling oh, up out God. of nowhere. Like, ugh. I'd be, i, I, I beat oh. away with a stick. How long you been in the military?
1: I joined the military when I was 22. Um, I it was active duty for three and a half years. Uh, in the army, I was an infantryman. Um, immediately after uh, basic training, like two or three months after basic training, I immediately deployed to Iraq. I was there for an entire year. Um, I got back. Um, I, was, I was part of a new platoon. I was made a team leader, and, and all this good stuff. I was given my old soldiers that I was that were fresh out of basic training. that I was in charge of. Um, and they tried very hard to get me to re-enlist, uh, and, and they were like, they're like, what, what do you, what do you want in order to re-enlist? And I was like, I wanted to go to school Schoolfield school field barracks in Hawaii. Like that's what I wanted to do. I was in, Port um, um, Port Riley, Kansas is where I was. I was like, get me out of here. This place is no fun. It has the hottest hots and the coldest colds. There's nothing to do around here. I literally had to drive fifty miles to get to the closest movie theater to like get me Ooh. out of. And I was you're
0: gonna ha- you're gonna hate where I was oh, stationed okay,
1: Um what, you're Oh, you're gun? gonna
0: hate it. Or, no, you're gonna be so jealous. What, I was stationed in Rhode of Spain. What? Oh, uh, <laughs> your navy, yeah. Like that's that's fairly typical in navy. I went from I went from Spain, then I went to North Carolina, and I got stationed with the Marines. Now, why why did you join though?
1: I joined because I um at the time I was homeless. I had already done two years oh. at Bible college, um, at, at two separate Bible colleges. I did a year at one, and they wouldn't let me come back because they said I had skipped chapel too many times. The thing is, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't skip a single chapel but like when you walked in you you were supposed to scan in with a key fob like you walk in and you're supposed to turn around 180 degrees and and scan your key fob on this thing on the wall the thing is i just forgot to do that so many times and they were like you skipped chapel a bunch of times i was like no i didn't i just forgot to because like you'd walk in with a group of friends or whatever um and I was like, I, 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 I don't know what else to tell you. I'm not to prove to you, like, I didn't. They were like, "Well, did you take notes that you can use to prove it?" I was like, "No, I didn't take notes during chapel. We go to chapel five days a week. Why would I take notes?" Like, oh well, then you're, you're, you're expelled for a year. You know, like academic probation for a year. I was like, "Are you serious?" Anyway, so I found a smaller local college that a, a big church in my area was starting. That was like a sister church of my church. Anyway, so I did a another year there uh, but I couldn't afford to keep going and I was homeless and I tried to become a cop and like I went through the whole tests and everything and they gave the positions away to prior veterans and I was still young and went behind the ears mm-hmm. and my dad was a tanker for 20 years ago, and he had been pushing me to join the army this whole time I was like, alright alright, I don't I don't see any other path um, I, I don't want to be homeless, I don't want to I lived in my car for a while, and then I lived with an elderly couple from my church, and that was no really fun because they had all these rules and weird. So I was like, oh.
0: <laughs> "It sounds like a that sounds a little extra." Yeah. Are you sure? What was those rules in that old yeah, couple's home? Exactly. for Catholic young Captain Deadpool.
1: From like my church, like they were parents, of a friend I have. they they were hardcore Catholics, like like the the father that the guy was a husband was a member of the Knights of Columbus and I was I super wanted to get out of it he wouldn't give me the Wi-Fi password and, you, you know like and I, so I was like I need to get here I need to do something I had no other options. I was like alright let me go in the military and maybe I'll we'll give like, you know, a, a leg up in life
0: everything, everything in my life has not been as epic like how I became an atheist as it wasn't it just kind of just flowed. Like how I joined the military was like literally out of nowhere. Yeah. I just was randomly sitting in high school. Cause I joined right out of high school and I was just randomly sitting there in the library and somebody else was joining and there was maps and they were trying to get their rank before they got in and they was talking to me about it. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll sign my name yeah. on that card. And then I never thought about it ever again. And then one day, a recruiter called me over Thanksgiving break and said, hey, you want to join the Navy? I said, nope. He said, let me come talk to you. I said, I, I don't want to join. And then he was on his way over, and I was telling my grandma, I was like, I don't know why he's coming over. I'm just, I'm not going to join. And then he came over. We talked about 45 minutes, and then we was headed down to the MEP station.
1: Yeah. Yeah. sometimes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I I think a lot of uh, at the time now, that I think about it, I did it because of my anxiety of saying no to people. <laughs> you, ever, you have anxiety <laughs> of saying no to people.
1: I have, I have
0: no idea
1: what
0: you're talking yeah. about. So about. I, no idea. <laughs> so I said, so I think I only say it because like, uh, uh-huh, yeah. And I went down there, and I was thinking like, man. And next thing I know, I was going from there to uh, Chicago. Then from Chicago to Texas, I was a dental tech. And then from there to Spain. And then I went from Spain to, to with the Marines. And I remember, well, I remember I was in, I, how did they get me in the Navy? They, I remember saying, oh, you're not. Cause this is around right after nine. This is like, what, two, three years after nine eleven. 11 So everything's really, really hot yeah. at that time. And I was like, I don't, I, you know, young. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't no like, oh, you gonna be on the boat, don't worry about it. You don't worry about it, yeah, don't worry about anything. And I get I get halfway through boot camp and say, Yeah, you 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 dental tech, you go with the Marines too. I said, What? <laughs> Nobody said that at the beginning. I thought I was gonna be on the boat the whole time. And then then I end up then I end up like getting rid of our rate and merging it with the corpsman, so no more dental tech, you just became a corpsman. So I end up becoming a corpsman and then I, that's how I end up being stationed on the on the with the Marines as soon as I got there, I got selected for deployment. I was extra in case somebody needed. So I spent like the the last few years just like training to go and I was supposed to go the next time but then I didn't go the next time. I was extra again and by again, it was close to me getting out and they said, hey, you know, you can just re-enlist and then that's when the time they had that new 9-11 bill that was paying people to go to college when they first started I said, "Mm, I'm out. And I, got and I took it and ran with it and ran with it. And I wasn't like the, I wasn't like the most Uber military person ever. I, I looked it so regular, like people didn't even know I was in when I was in. Like they were like my, um, some of my like, um, E6 is like, man, you're really good at this, but you're just not a sailor. I said, I know. Cause I was, I was, cause I worked in dental and I just walked and I, I didn't do anything. I just one day I just I, I just walked into like the dental prosthetic labs where they make like the dentures yeah. and stuff like that. And I just was hanging out in there because I knew people. And then I just started doing stuff in there. And next, thing you know, I was making stuff and they said you should go to uh, dental test school. I said, no, I'm going to get out. <laughs> <laughs> they said, but you're really you're really good at this. I said, no, I'm I'm good at this. But the other part, but, I'm not that good at it. It's like if I stay any longer, I was. That, that's kind of my story, too, like, when it
1: came to my. At the end of my contract, you, you meet with the recruiter and they're like, what do you want? How can we get you to stay in? I was like, I want to go to school for the barracks in Hawaii. I think Kansas." Thing. And they're like, well, everything's needs of the army right now. Um, you can only stay here. Staying here is your only option. And they were about to go to Afghanistan. I'm uh, like, but we will send you to sniper school and we'll promote you to B5. And I was like, yeah, that's not good enough. I don't want to go to Afghanistan. I'm done. By, so I got out, um, and I was a uh, inactive reserve for four years all through college, which is like I, I don't have any obligations at one weekend a month or anything like the reserve. It was just like a hey, if World War Three breaks out, you're going to get called up. Um, so I, I didn't have to do anything for four years, and then I decided to go um, into the National Guard um, for a few reasons like. I, I want I had kids at the time. I wanted them to be able to like see me in my uniform. I had kind of missed that like lifestyle for like a little bit. Um, so, so like I, I did that like, one week in a month no problem. And, and being prior service prior uh, Iraq veteran, I was already head and shoulders above most everyone else in the National Guard. Um, so I did that and I've been in that for five years. Uh, In that time, I've gone to Macedonia. I was there for a month as part of a a mission to help them join NATO. Um, And that was super fun. It was fun. It wasn't fun. It was really hot. But I met some really cool people. Um, And I I had to go to um, Philadelphia because of the riots, because of the George Floyd shooting. Um, And then... Almost a year later I had to go to DC. Well, yeah, not even yeah. a year later. Like, yeah, like not even year really. later. I had to go to DC because of the fucking Capitol insurrection. Because of right wing extremists. Oh yeah. i yeah. like what is I I thought I would oh, be yeah. like cleaning up after hurricanes and shit. Like that's what but here I am doing <laughs> riots and like attempts to overthrow the government.
0: Oh it was a very a very shasty. Shake, uh, um what's the proper word for that um janky attempt oh, okay <laughs> a jank a very janky attempt i was like oh cuz i didn't know i remember I, I i'm pretty i'm pretty much a, a i've been i'm a neutral ground yeah. person i don't have any allegiance to anybody and i i live my the neighborhood i live in right now is was well, this this town is Trump town, oh, yeah. Trump town, <laughs> like, and the neighbors across the street, the neighbors in the cul de sac, and like I, it, it, don't bother, it never bothered me. But now when I drive through the neighborhood, I just kind of look at them like, come on, man, he's lo- it's over, <laughs> like, yeah. Take, like take the flags down. I still have people. with like, One guy had, with those flags. Now. One guy had like six flags up. Six. I said that's yes. a. I said that's a lot. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 but. Back to the military yeah. thing where you like the one thing that's always for me is always because I, when I got selected for deployment, I never deployed. We don't have to go into the details of what you did out there, because I hate when people come on your videos and try to oh, accuse well, you of something when they don't box. understand. Oh, yeah, no they, don't, they don't, they they don't, the they don't understand.
1: Here,
0: so, yeah. no oh, OK, because because I remember when, cause I, remember when I, I remember when I first. Cause I came from party, party, central Spain. I mean, we just, oh, nice. It was like basically not being in the military. Like I, I wore my uniform maybe twice a month, mm. <laughs> rest of the time, regular clothes, the Navy barracks in Spain. were Nice. It was like little, it was like a little, like it was only you and another person. And what was like a mini apartment, like you each had your own room and in the middle, was a kitchen and a bathroom and it was just beautiful. You know, I don't, I'm not bragging or anything. I'm just, <laughs> that, just... that's
1: cool. That sounds like it's fun. That sounds like it was super fun dollar. Yeah. Glad you had that
0: experience. <laughs> and then I went, and then I went to uh, North Carolina and I had stuck in a little three man room Marine barracks. And it was just, and I was like, Oh, this isn't, this is, I think one day I was, I had on all the flat mm-hmm. gear helmet the vest all, all of it and i looked at myself in the mirror and i was like that ain't me that ain't me i said like you don't look right i just didn't look right with the i said like like i just don't i don't see this being you and then when i got selected to be, be deployment be to be be de- Extra deployed. I remember the night before, I had like a claustrophobic dream of just thinking about being there and can't go anywhere else. And I said, "Oh no, I can't do this." <laughs> and I ain't even done nothing. Mm-hmm. But so I, I'm always weary when people come. I, I don't like when people say, "Thank you for your service." I, I can't mm. stand. That. <laughs> come on, I can't stand that. All. <laughs> like I didn't do anything because they they don't have, they don't understand like everybody what everybody does in the military. Everybody when I hear talk, they think it's like boot camp yeah. all the time. Or like full metal good jacket. <laughs> they think of that when they think of the military. I was like, No, 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 no. It's just like it's not like that. It depends on what you're doing. Like for me, I said people I said like you can all I did was get drunk <laughs> for this country. <laughs> like, like, I I got I got I got hung over for this country. Yeah, That's I what I did. And <laughs>
1: Yeah, like <it. laughs>
0: When I was in, the thing I miss about it was like you know, that camaraderie, yeah, you know, that camaraderie you have, just you have just man, then when you come out it's like, oh, people y'all don't
1: y'all don't care about each other that much. Yeah, I had sort of a different experience with that. Um, I had very very toxic leadership when I was in. Um, like they they made it sport to make our lives miserable as. As privates, because I was a private the entire time I was deployed. Um, so our squad leaders would, would literally have like competitions with each other to see who could make their their privates' lives most miserable. Uh, and they, they like turned us against each other. They were like, "Someone, someone uh, had an i an iPod in the guard tower, so all of you are getting smoked at three in the morning." Uh someone threw a cigarette butt on the helicopter pad, so all of you we were getting smoked at three in the morning. Like they went out of their way to, to put us against each other. Um and, and we hated each other, we hated our leadership, there was no camaraderie like at all. Um but we had a sister platoon oh, that man. had a lot of camaraderie. And like on my Facebook page today, like those people who I knew are like, Oh, I really miss my brothers and I'm like, I don't know what that's like. Like we, we hated each other. And and they, they made it that way. Uh-huh, that's, it's, it's weird that sucks. Um, but now in, in the national guard uh there are people that i do feel that way about. That, uh, we do have like much better leadership than i did when i was active. Uh, but, and like there's already people that have gotten out that i miss terribly. Um and i'm going to be out in a year.
0: Uh I'm super excited for it. Yeah, yeah, i'm not like hey, i'm just not uh it just i just get very one of the reasons I get very uncomfortable when people say "thank you for my service" to me personally is like because one time when I worked in dental and I had to um uh, I do I did the X rays it was like the main yeah. when everybody came in so it's it's one Marine came in and like I think I forgot what he said uh uh something went through it I forgot what it went through his Humvee and like just kind of just and I'm like his face was like kind of uh burnt from oh. here on down and like that and I was like man. I was like, it is, it was serious. <laughs> and that's when it was like, that's when it like, hit like real for me, like, man. Cause that's around the time I found out I was gonna go and I was like, oh man, this is real, real, for real, for real. And then now since I haven't, you well, know, I, I don't, cause I wasn't like, I didn't, I was, my last two years like, I want out because this is not what I want to do. So when people say things, I said like, I didn't do anything for anybody. There are people in, I know, who who are in it for what they're in it for, and I say like, don't thank me. It makes me uncomfortable because mm-hmm. <laughs> I say like, mm. yeah. I'm like mm-mm,
1: I, mm-mm. I, I hate it when people but say thank people... you for your service because it, it's more for them than it is for me. You know, it's like, oh, I just thank the yeah. veteran for their service. I'm a patriot, and I'm like, no. But there's some people that have been like that will like have a conversation with me uh, about my service. And I'm like okay that's cool like you actually like care about like what I did what I went through what we do and all of that like cool that's fine And my people are just like thank you for your service I'm like oh I'm such a good person because I think the veteran for your service I'm such a patriot. I'm like get out of here I know
0: I I found myself like a lot of my friends are, are, are yeah. ex-military like we just kind of found each other like I got a, one guy he's in the reserves in the army as well and uh, And it's like, it's the same thing. Like, y'all army people kind of the same. That's why when I I saw it, I was like, he smells like army. (laughs) (laughs) I can, I can, can. we can, we can, we can smell y'all out. Like, you know, like the Air Force. Yeah, those two. Yeah. We was, like, I was on the Air Force base for a little bit. Like, man, best food ever. Oh, yeah. I have some stories about Air
1: Force. Let let, let me share this really quick, speaking of Air Force. So we were stationed on a tiny little fob with, with only, you know, people to it was very small, uh, but we were like 10 miles away from Camp Anaconda, which was, was taken, was a, uh, one of Saddam's, um, uh, air force bases that, that the US military took over and the air force, uh, ran, they had a chow hall and the chow hall was massive. So they have this massive chow hall. And we, we got to go there for We didn't need to go there very often. We got to go there for Thanksgiving. On the floor, and I'm not making this up, but they had like, I don't know if you've seen those, those like murals that's made entirely out of rice. Um, and it was like different colored rice that looked, and it looked like a turkey, like on the floor. And they, I walked across it because I thought it was a fucking carpet. Mm-hmm. and it was rice, and I got yelled, I got bitched at so hard by them. I was like, I thought this was a carpet. Why would I think this was a sculpture made out of rice? Why would I think that? Of course I thought I could walk across it. It looks like a carpet.
0: What do you think the next ten years are going to look like, in terms of people not believing? In terms of, like, the, um, the, the not. The normal how you say that word normality, normality. normal, How normal? Yeah. You know what I'm saying.
1: I think it looks because really good. Um, Christianity is on the downfall. atheism, agnosticism. Uh, also spiritualism is on the rise. Um, and Islam is a little bit different, but that's because they they fuck constantly. And they have all these babies and they raise them in Islam. So They're kind of an outlier. Um, so it's going to be, it's hard to imagine a downfall in the numbers when it comes to Islam, although there is a little bit. But when it comes to the major other religions here in, in the U.S., uh, there's definitely a decline in Christianity uh, and an increase in, in a rise in atheism, agnosticism, and spirituality because people aren't looking for their own path as opposed to a path that was taught to them. Um, As the more and more that science progresses, the the less of, or the more that the God of the gaps science fills. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we didn't know anything about these things and then science came along and now we know this much. Okay, now now we know this much. 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 Like, there's an explanation to all these things, um, and that coupled with the religious trauma and people are learning how to take care of their own mental health, um, and, and and be, uh, and accept their own, like, gender identities, uh, things like that, and to fight against anybody who tries to oppress them for having their gender identity.
0: And I'm fucking here
1: for it, I really am.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, do you have any religious trauma? Oh, yeah. Um, especially
1: when it comes to purity culture. Um, I have a lot regarding to that. Because, <clears throat> like, I'll, I'll, I'll open up a little bit because I'm comfortable with it. Um, I, 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 I didn't lose my virginity until I was 22 years old to the woman that I would be married to. Um, for the next 10 years. I've, I've only been with two women, my ex-wife and, and my girlfriend. Um, and, and when I... Uh, my ex-wife won divorce and all that, and I agreed to divorce finally, and I started falling for her, and I went to her. Uh, she had had, like, a few different partners previously. And I still, like, even though I was an atheist, I still, like, judged her uh, for a time for that. Um and it was something that was very difficult for me to to get over. To to understand that sexuality and sexual ex- expressions is natural to us as a primate species. Like it was hard to get, get past these sexes, this holy sacred um act that was between one person that God ordained for another. It was it was it was hard to get past that um at, even as an I'm past it now, um, but it was a struggle for a while.
0: Um, yeah, I, I noticed that online a lot. Like, uh, that's what kind of pushed me to keep. I said, you know what? You don't really. I said, like, if you don't like, because I said, man, these because a lot of the combat that like Christians always did, one of their things they always combat it with, like, oh, they're just mad at God or because some trauma like that, and they kind of use that as. As ammunition and also aids them in keeping people in when they have a reason to say why a person is, is an atheist. But when it comes to like me, it's nothing. (laughs) It was like, it it just never, I, I just never, I, I was just, had they not, had I not went to church in the last, had I not met my wife, I probably would have just went through life just like with this kind of passive belief that God exists, but not really bother with it because I don't have a. My family wasn't like hardcore religious or nothing like that, and they don't really care what I like. I'm in, they see me as the individual. It wasn't until now when I started going to church, and I'm sitting there thinking like, "What are these people?" Because it was the first time I ever ever really sat down and listened to what was being said. And then when I sat down and I started going every Sunday and I started hearing, I was like, this stuff just sounds weird. And then I would just look around and I'll just see everybody in there. And I was like, man, it's like mighty culty up in here. <laughs> like you just, it is now. I was like, it's like, this just, this just, and then that's what sent me on a spiral of just oh, fell into Atheist YouTube and start Do do do. The next thing I know, I was like, "Oh man, you don't believe any of this." And I don't think you really ever did. You just didn't pay attention to it. And then once I start paying attention to it, I realize, "Oh, I don't." This is and 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 for me, it's just it's a hard. It's hard for me to grasp. Like, like I I, sometimes I think like I don't. I was like, I just don't see how people can't not (laughs) hear it and just like. I mean, like it sounds so human. Like everything about it sounds like the whole, the, the little bit I've dabbled into the Bible when I when I read it, it just sounds like a book about humans. It seems like has nothing to do, nothing to do with a God, everything to do with just the humans. And I'm like, why is he so obsessed with these weak little things? And it's just so weird. I don't know. It just don't. They don't sit well with me. Yeah. And and I've been to all different little different types of churches and I'm currently in church right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it doesn't, but it doesn't bother me. But people ask, people always ask me, how do you do it? I said, because I don't have any emotional connection to it. So it's more of like, uh, oh, let me get this over with again mm-hmm. for the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in that moment. Like, and I could just, and I can just, and it, and sometimes I like going, because I like watching the people. Because it's very interesting, and no, because you know, man, look at these. And I was just like look at these people. They're just, and then I hear the things that, and I'll be like, and I hear the pastor, and I'll be like, those people didn't hear nothing he just said. Mm-hmm. Like, did they hear what he just said? What he said doesn't make no sense. And then I noticed one thing about the sermons. All of them and the all of them the same thing. Every everyone every ver, every verse it all it's the same sermon just remixed a different way and I'm like how come how come y'all y'all realize y'all don't get it because my thing is like this is like I, I understand if I wanted to be a Christian I already know what to do it's easy simple just do it but they don't want to do it because it don't make sense but you have to make they're trying to make it make sense if you get what I'm saying yeah.
1: it's one thing that's
0: taught in, in Bible college and um
1: class was it um homiletics which is preaching um the class specifically to teach that uh that you can create like three years worth of sermons like that's all you need to do and after that you can you can just repeat that same thing for like three years and by then everyone else will have forgotten what you said and you can just say that you say the exact same message and it's as if
0: they've never heard it before. Um, uh, well, you know that is. Well, I see it every Sunday. I know exactly. Yeah, what it, means. it makes sense. Yeah, it is like, the same. Like, yeah, it's like. But I, I realize it's the whole. I used to tell my wife. I said, like, I, I don't like the ritual part, like the the set, the setup they do. To, especially it's because this is a Baptist church in the oh, South here. Happens. Not as it's not it's not that it's not that jumping because it's an old congregation. And so it's kind of dying off and COVID. So it's not really that, but they still follow the same traditional things. It's the same. I'd be looking at this like, can we just not do this ritual part? Just go straight to the sermon. But I realized you have to do the ritual part because you have to play the music Mm -hmm. to get everybody out of the really thinking part of their brain and just get all emotional about it. And then, then then you could just say whatever up there.
1: And for that denomination, that's true. But can I tell you that I've mentioned before that I was on a drama team or or a human video team that was called, or we would go and we would perform like dramas or whatever to different churches. Whenever we got divided, or whenever we got invited to like a black um, Methodist or Baptist church, we got really excited because the energy in those churches, was really high, like it was. It was like a party. It was. It was, it was so much more oh. exciting, and we got so excited whenever we got invited to perform in, in that sort of setting because it was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, it is weird to think about that now.
0: I'm like, y'all, people are in because he'll say something, and I'm like, it's, I'm like, it's no way you process what he just said.
1: there's mm-hmm. <laughs> no way.
0: Because when I, because I, I sit there like this is me, this is my face the whole time when I'm sitting out there, I'm just like there. and I'm actually listening to yeah. what's being said and just saying, hmm, how would that make sense? And then like Jonah and the well was one of the big ones for me. It was just like I just couldn't. I, like I'm still hung up Good on man. that part today. I was to tell my uh, Jonah and the well. yeah, and I'm like, so he just. Just in his stomach with no oxygen and stomach yeah. acid. So, yeah, I, I was talk, like underwater, like the pressure of the sea. I was talking
1: about one that uh, was allegorical. And it was never meant to be literal, which has its own flaws. Like, why is it included in the text if it was meant to be allegorical or narrative? But we, we derive theology. Because even in theological circles, it is often debated whether you can draw theology from narrative. Because oftentimes one thing will, or something will happen from one event that will never happen again, like Ananias and sorry, i but um, like Ananias and Sapphira, they they were uh, entrusted with a certain amount of like like tithe, and they like they hit it uh, and then they died because of that. Well, that's never happened since then because it was a narrative. So they're like, how can we draw allegory from this? People aren't dying for not withholding the amount of money that they keep from the offering so so yeah all I have to say a lot of the narrative or the allegorical accounts in the Old Testament there's a lot of debate in the small community as to how much theology you can you can derive from that um, after I graduated I, I like to say I be, I became an atheist intellectually before I became an atheist emotionally like after I graduated I, I was still a member of a church. I was still in the worship band. I played bass guitar uh, for a couple of years. And I was I was even in a leadership position. But I didn't believe anything. Weird. And I was struggling with all of that. Um, so, like, I would sit in, in church services. And I would hear, like, the head pastor, who makes a hundred 1000 dollars a year, preaching. And I would just... Eviscerate his God is sermons like you're like that's not what that means. That's not what that means in the original Greek. That was allegory. That was a parable. This this didn't mean that. You're, you're getting this wrong because I had education that you didn't have. Um, so yeah. I I would, I would just sit there for like two years. I would sit there and pick apart every sermon I heard, and then I started to realize these people have no idea what they're talking about. They're, they're assuming authority over something they know nothing about, and they're speaking with such conviction that is convincing of everyone else who would be none the wiser. Uh, and then here I am, someone who no one knows. It was it was just tearing apart every point you're trying to make in your sermons. Um, so that that's kind of when I was I realized I, I, I'm in trouble here. Some, something's happening here. <laughs> you
0: know? Danger, real robbers in danger. And so I was able because
1: of my education. I was able to start thinking critically and I started criticizing all the sermons I heard.
0: Like one of my pastimes is is I have I watch a lot of church yeah. sermons now, like I just put them on and as background noise. Like right now, I've been listening to Pastor Greg Locke, and I was just watching his recent sermon and how he was talking about. Uh, Biden isn't the president. You think it's over, and I'm just, and I was just sitting there looking like, man, it it made me think like these people are getting oh, man, desperate
1: so
0: <laughs> like it, I mean, And then, cause I'm like, I said like, what do you, what do you, what do you mean, <laughs> like, 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 and people, and I'm watching like, I was like, these people believe in what they believe in, the God, and then on the same side, you got on the other side, you got progressive Christians believing in the same person just differently and they're both claiming they got it right and it's like which i think progressive christians just just come on just slide right out <laughs> just, <laughs> just come on just fall out right. because you because they're making the crazy people that like like being that close to being out you also validating the, the people that are really deep in the middle mm. crazy with it like the Westboro Baptist church, because as much as you want to pull yourself to the edge of progressive Christianity, to the edge of what Christian, you got to look at it. Like you still aiding in the rest of it. Cause you still validating that that is a belief that a God is there. You just don't understand mm-hmm. it. That's what they arguing about, which they, so they just kind of just, but I think it's progressive is the beginning of yeah. <laughs> well, them. Because they're fighting mostly against themselves yes, now. Yes, that's
1: exactly right. Well said. Um, these progressive, progressive Christianity is a desperate attempt to uh, breathe life into a, a dying religion. Like as culture and our society is becoming progressive, Christianity is trying to adapt to it, and so they're trying to lean on these ideas that. Oh, these scriptures aren't talking about, pet, or, or, they're not talking about homosexuality, they're talking about pedophilia. Like, that's not true. That's not fucking true at all. Dude. It's like the Bible, you have to ignore a lot of history to say that the biblical canon is not inherently homophobic. You have to dismiss a lot of it. Um, so it, it's, it's laughable. But that's all it is, is it, and, and I, I did the same thing. Because I'm a science nerd also, and I tried very hard to reconcile science with my beliefs in the Bible, and in the end of the day, I wasn't able to do that. They're trying to do the same thing. They're trying to reconcile their progressivism with their religion that they were brought up in and indoctrinated into. They're trying to make sense of anything, yeah, like and, and in a way, it's yeah, like for me, in a, in a way, it's heartbreaking because I'm like, you can just stop believing these things you can just leave this religion you don't have to go through all this trouble to try and reconcile these things it's something that is not true because it's again this idea that the bible is not homophobic
0: the bible was written during a time when the world wasn't as connected as it is yeah. right now where i i tell people all the time this is probably I'm not a history buff. I'm making a, a while, but this seems like this is the one time in history that where the entire world, for the most part, except for North Korea <laughs> is all on one kind of accord in terms of, uh, in terms of the culture, in terms of you get on TikTok, you can just see it. Everybody's listening to the same music, kind of watching the same, um, movies. Cause everybody's just on everybody everywhere. Every time I would, I get on when I see like a like let's say like a Middle Eastern person kind of doing what was stereotypically something that black people would do in terms of dancing and the way they move I'm like man we're really like it's really like it's really everybody's just melding into one thing now other people don't see it as melding they they call it cultural appropriation I called it melt. I I see it as melding that's just how I see it because like if like like it's like that. Uh, what's that one, Morgan, Morgan M- Waller, Morgan Waller, that music yeah, guy? The, just like me, I had to go look yeah. it up because it was. A, I made a TikTok about it because they, they he's getting canceled because they was calling him racist and stuff like that. So I went and looked at the video and I was like, I mean, that's that. That's what I expect from a 20 something year old white guy born in this era. Like he was like. Like, what you, he has, the, that, that's yeah. how they are. <laughs> like, he was born now. But like, it's not like it's not like he was born in 1950. He was born in 2000. This is the culture he was brought up into. So it's like hey, it's just, you know, what? that's a different oh, yeah. that's a different topic for. I can go <laughs> all day about that. I can yeah. go all day out with that. And I don't and I don't want to hold you up because I do want to have you on again some other time because sure. I think we, we we we'll have a lot Absolutely. to talk about. Important. You know? No, I'm good. If nope. you have any other questions or things you'd like to get my opinion or input on, okay. Here's his one. What's the what's the cringiest thing you remember doing as a believer?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh, actually, actually, there's a few. One is speaking in tongues. That's <laughs> a good one. Um, but I would focus more on the, the street evangelism. Because they did the whole uh, Ray Comfort, Kirk Cameron, Way of the Master um, like thing. I, I went to a seminar with them. I got their autograph in the back of a Bible that I no longer have. The but I literally, I, I was a part of an evangelism team. And then I became a leader or the leader of that evangelism team. Because the prior leader like, dropped out. And they wanted me to become the leader. And I did that. So I led a team of like a dozen plus people every single Saturday. Like we spent our Saturdays. We'd go to church. We would spend time in worship and prayer for an hour, and then we'd go somewhere like we'd go to a strip mall, or we'd go to a mall, or we'd go to the shopping center, or we'd go to the beach, uh, or, or wherever that we felt like the Holy Spirit was leading us. Um, <laughs> and then we'd spend like a few hours like walking up to total strangers and be like, Hey, have you heard about their Lord and Savior's regular? Like, and it was like that is to this day I wish I could go back and find all those people that I talked and be like I am so sorry.
0: I'm so Because <laughs> I would have But they but they probably But how many people you think you have converted who are like probably you couldn't get them back out really? if you tried. <laughs> there was probably like a
1: dozen that are like Converted um, on the streets, but for every dozen I had, like two or three dozen um, that that either like rejected me entirely or were kind of standoffish towards the message. Like I had one person who was just like, "Hey, let me let me." This is your story. They were like, "Hey, let me." They were having a conversation with somebody else over like breakfast, and they were like, "Hey, can can I stop you? You're you're genuinely just." interrupting something, we're having sessions, you're bothering me, you're interrupting me. Can you please stop? Can you please go away? And I was like, <laughs> Okay.
0: Yeah, I can do that. sorry if I bothering. bother you. I walked away. Oh was man. Like, that I am having second hand embarrassment for that. It's here. That's, yeah. No, no, oh, I have second secondhand up, like, embarrassment from you doing I that. that. <laughs> you, you doing that. I've, yeah, like, I'm I, so, I, I, I like, never want
1: and, and now I'm like, anytime I have any memory of that, I'm like, oh. Which is why I'm so happy that, like, mm-hmm. Living Waters, which is the ring of the Comfort Ministry, is on TikTok now because I am going to fucking get my revenge on that motherfucker.
0: I feel like those people are fake. Oh, Some so many of them. More. Ray Comfort is fake as shit. Like, he knows,
1: he, he, is, he is purposely saying, and I made a TikTok about this recently, where he goes up to these random people and she's like, so you believe that everything came from nothing, and he's had debates with people that have explained these things to him, that science doesn't teach nothing came from, or, or everything came from nothing. He doesn't care, but he still pushes that rhetoric because it matches
0: his narrative. Like you know, he's disingenuous. Yeah, they can't. He's disingenuous. They can't fathom. They can't yeah. fathom somebody saying, "I don't know," and I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah.
0: Like they don't like you said, like what happened After you die, like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have no clue. Maybe we just. I, I am. I imagine like it. Like this, I imagine exactly what was before life. Mm. I don't Yeah, I don't really think I didn't I don't think I had like a, a I went through a stage of discomfort with not knowing it was just my like, OK, All right. I mean, I mean, like it's over because here's a, here's a little tidbit. I'm a very good sleeper. Like, that's one of the best things I do in this world is sleep. My wife is jealous because I can go to sleep and like, like, like we can't watch movies with me in the bed because if I get horizontal. Five minutes, I'm out because my body says, "Oh, you are laying down; oh, it's time to go to sleep." Go to so I just, when I go to sleep, it's like I, I just don't expect this. Going to sound very morbid. I just don't anticipate waking up. Okay. Like when I go to sleep, I go to sleep with like, oh, this, this is it. <laughs> and then when I wake up, it's like, oh, okay, made it through the night. That's cool Like, like, <laughs> and when nothing owes you, waking up. I always have funny when at church they always say thank 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 god for waking up this morning and i'm thinking like but the whole purpose is not to wake up in the morning that's what that's what you don't want to do so why are you thanking him for the thing that you come to church to worship so you can die and then go be with him and you know but but yeah but yeah that's all i got man i we gotta we gotta talk again because i like i like talking and I can tell you, uh, like I, I
1: like conversing. I, I enjoy conversing. Yeah, especially yeah. with older adults. Yeah, that's older, why older I adults because I only ever get adult children uh, all day, every day. Still.